So if you checked out Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you'll notice the ridiculous, to some, highly fashionable to others, sports coat that I was wearing earlier today. It's actually a, a normal sports coat, but I, I'm going to use a real unique phrase here. I fresh Prince of bel Aired the thing because we love those sound effects. And in fact, the inspiration came, guess where? Yo, Holmes, the Bel Air. That's right. At the Liberty Arena earlier today, better known as Yo, Holmes, the Bel Air. for us here in the fast lane, because it was Emily Austin, to her credit, of the Liberty Flame Sports Network, who suggested that I needed to go with the reverse look of the sports coat that I had today. So that's fantastic. To some, it would give this impression. Man, you loaded! Others might prefer this reaction from the old hair gel commercial. Rejected! But whatever your preference is, it really is designed, the sports coat from today, to embody what the Virginia Tech Hokies need to emphasize if they want to cover the five-and-a-half-point spread tonight 8.30 airtime, 9 o'clock tips, CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, and VTR in Southside against the Boston College Eagles. Because this is a Virginia Tech team that, you know, I I get the whole, and and we probably need to pull this line out, by the way, if you've ever seen the movie Clerks, where the guy says this job would be great if it wasn't for the bleeping customers. You know, that's kind of where it is with Virginia Tech. Their play in the ACC would be great if it weren't for the bleeping turnovers for Virginia Tech. But the reality is it's been an issue for the Hokies. And so right now, this is something they must address if they want to perform better tonight. Because this is a Boston College team. I get it. They're 11-7 and in the ACC, right there with Virginia Tech in the you know bottom chunk of the standings. But, like Virginia Tech, a chance to play their way out of it. In fact, if Virginia Tech can beat Boston College tonight at home, and then this coming Saturday against Georgia Tech, they'll all of a sudden be 5-4 and four in the ACC. But at least to Mike Young, he's not looking past the Boston College Eagles, a team that, frankly, they've had Virginia Tech's number the last handful of years, including recently with Earl Grant instilling the toughness that that program has been known for. You know, they've uh, been, been good. Earl does a heck of a job. So uh, they have uh, they've outplayed us. It's as simple as that. We've got to play better tomorrow. Yes, they do, said Mike Young yesterday in the ACC media teleconference. But this is a Virginia Tech team right now that, you know, if you take away the turnovers, I get it. The, the body of work would be great if it wasn't for the freaking turnovers if you're a Virginia Tech fan. And the, 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 the job would be great for many people in the world if it wasn't for the customers. You know, I understand that analogy. We, of course, don't think that at the Virginia Talk Radio Network here in the Fast Lane and at InsaneRadioDeals.com. We love you, whether you listen, whether you shop, and, of course, for those who support all of our partners. But there is a reality, and that's a matchup Virginia Tech has tonight. Because, see, there's not enough, here comes this phrase again, margin for error for teams in the Commonwealth in basketball. Virginia, we've seen it before. Road woes until winning at Georgia Tech this past weekend. More on their matchup tomorrow against NC State, tomorrow in the fast lane. But Boston College, they've given a lot of teams fits because of their physicality. Physicality, physicality. you know, they have uh, they have good players this year is no exception I uh, really impressed with their team what uh, what I've seen I've seen a lot here over the last 48 hours um, Quentin post is really really good we, we compare uh, McLaughlin to um, Ian Shefflin at uh, at, the, at Clemson 
just tough as nails, uh, offensive rebound, uh, makes all the little plays that um, sometimes go unnoticed. He's a very good player. I, makes a lot of the little plays. See, that's kind of what Boston College they've done. And when they go up against teams that also do that, they're, they're kind of outmanned, as we've seen a number of different times, including this past weekend, where they did a lot of the little plays and made a lot of the things that you would need to do to have a chance, but ultimately fell short against the North Carolina team that you know, you're not going to bring your A game every night, and it wasn't that for Carolina, but they covered the six-and-a-half-point spread for that game, and part of the reason why it was that low is road game Carolina looking ahead to Wake Forest. More on that in the Fast Five at Five-ish in just a moment. But it's the spot for this. Virginia Tech, it's different. There should be no overlooking Boston College. We said this last year, and they lost, and it was one of those first real alarm bell raisers of, oh, maybe they're not going to turn this thing around. And frankly, if Virginia Tech, they lose tonight, it probably falls in the same category. Because right now, again, they're 3-4 and in the ACC, but with Boston College and then Georgia Tech after that, and then Duke on Monday, this coming Monday, big Monday, but three games in a six-day span, for Virginia Tech, you you got a chance to... Get right back to around 500. And you don't want to count on a Duke home win, even though it's at home on Monday, as being the spot. So for Virginia Tech, you need to do the the right things the right way. And, And it's weird to say this, but they've actually played relatively well. They outplayed North Carolina State, led by double digits for most of that win on Saturday down in Raleigh. And it was something where, even with the sloppiness, Mike Young saw a lot of good out of his team's performance, which is why it's worth reiterating that, that if you're Virginia Tech, it's all the more imperative that they can't be erratic tonight because if they're not, they actually have a chance to really control this game and set themselves up favorably for the weekend if they can capitalize on the good that Mike Young saw out of his team in Virginia Tech's win against NC State this past Saturday. When we when we got to the half court, uh, our transition defense was very good when we weren't you know, in an outnumbered situation, very good. When we got to the half court and got body on body, uh, we were we were really, really good. Um, we rebounded uh, pretty darn well. Uh, we screamed well. Um, you know, so, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, you need to win, and we did that. So uh, we watched it yesterday. We practiced yesterday and began our preparation for Boston College. Mike Young, a lot of good that came out. They play hard, so that's one of the positives for Virginia Tech. Again, this is not all gloom and doom here for the Hokies and the men's basketball team. Relative to the competition, they're not like the women where they're a national title contender, but there are at least parts there. We've mentioned it before. You're not going to change the roster makeup. The fact that you end up losing, um, what's his name, right before the start of the season. Fill me in on that, Trey, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, Rice. Yes, Rodney Rice, thank you. That it put them in a bind. To have somebody that could be more of a traditional scoring guard and a ball handler, which could have freed up Hunter Couture and Sean Padula to take less burdened roles, and therefore how that impacts the rest of the offense. And because there is no Rodney Rice, because MJ Collins provides good defense, but yet just haven't gotten a ton out of him reliably on the offensive end. You're asking way more out of Sean Padula than what he reasonably should be expected to do. And in a perfect world, he's scoring and setting up Hunter Couture to score. But the reality is, is so much I think is put on Padula's plate that 
he's trying to do too much. It's causing erratic play, and it's leading to something that Mike Young despises and, frankly, has ailed Virginia Tech in their four ACC losses, averaging 17 turnovers a game, a little under that, and even committing 17 in the win against NC State this past weekend, and that is turnovers contributing to an overall level of sloppiness that absolutely should be disconcerting for Virginia Tech. You cannot uh, have that uh, that kind of play from your point guards that we have on Saturday and survive. You just can't. Uh, how we won that game is beyond me kicking it 20 times. And um, I, I despise sloppy basketball, and we had some sloppy offensive possessions. We had enough good ones to uh, to get out of it to get out of there with a win. We guarded uh, very well, um, did a nice job on uh, DJ Burns. Uh, so uh, we've got to, uh, you know, certainly uh, a real point of emphasis around here as it has been. It is every day, Mike. Uh, we've got to, uh, we've got to be better. Mike Young speaking yesterday about that being an issue for Virginia Tech, the lack of clean play and how it's overshadowing a team that, Again, they're playing hard. It's not like this team looks disinterested. And, oh, we've criticized certain teams at certain junctures of professional and collegiate sports seasons in years past for looking disinterested. But we've outlined the issues for Virginia Tech roster makeup-wise. The fact that, oddly enough, they can score. And that, while I I wouldn't go so far as, uh, I think Seth Greenberg went a little overboard calling Mike Young an offensive savant, Last Wednesday in the broadcast, I mean, you know, raise your hand if you're shocked by that. The reality is, this is still a very good offensive coach. He has put together good offenses at Radford, or excuse me, at Wofford, and in his time at Virginia Tech. But unless he's had the right coach in place, the defense has been spotty, to be generous about it. And for Virginia Tech, they've actually played relatively good defense against guys like DJ Burns of NC State and others but you're turning the ball over, which is setting the other team up, and it's totally nullifying what you've done. It doesn't have the same you know, debilitating effect turnovers in basketball don't the way they do in football. Fewer possessions in football, obviously, than basketball. But it certainly has that type of impact in, on what a team is capable of doing and being the best version of themselves. Much like if you're not focused on your health, you're not achieving the best version of yourself. But InsaneRadioDeals.com can help you with that. Because part of that battle is having the right equipment for you. And whether that's shoes, whether that's the right shirts and shorts, the right supplements, Fleet Feet Roanoke can help. And guess what? There are gift cards for Fleet Feet Roanoke at InsaneRadioDeals.com. And here's the cool thing. You can order your products at FleetFeet.com and use those gift cards and still get the great deals. So shop 24-7 for that and much more at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now, to other topics to be addressed, including Virginia Tech, but the football side of things, to kick off the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. The ACC announcing their Thursday and Friday night football games. For the upcoming season. Virginia, they are not featured in any of these. I'll be glad to hear that. Virginia Tech, they are in two of them. Miami, week five, Friday. 
the 27th of September, day before the 10-miler for those of us that might be running that here in Lynchburg, or the 4-miler. But Virginia Tech, they are at Miami to open their season. Look, if I'm Virginia Tech, I would have rather had Clemson at home early in the season, and maybe they'll get Clemson at home after this game. If I'm Virginia Tech, I want that before Clemson has a chance to figure things out over the course of their season. But I'd rather at least get Miami early in the year, a team that has questions at quarterback, although there is Cam Ward there, how they integrate him into the offense. It's not always been Mario Cristobal's forte. Um, and, and oh, by the way, Friday nights, if Miami doesn't have a lot of juice going for it, that's not going to be the most intimidating venue if Miami is stumbling. And again, I alluded to it earlier that while Florida has their issues, I could see Virginia Tech getting a Miami team that loses to Florida and therefore the dreams of a national championship are gone and the attendance down in Miami is not spectacular. And we know Virginia Tech, they have a lot of promise. The other time they're featured on a Thursday or Friday game is the 17th of October. That's a Thursday night game at home against Boston College. For Virginia Tech, uh, again, Thursday nights are kind of special in Blacksburg. I I might have rather, if you're projecting Virginia Tech to be as good as many people think they'll be this coming year, might rather have gotten a team like a Clemson in that spot because of the pizzazz and circumstance around it. But, I mean, look, Thursday nights are special in Blacksburg. I understand why they have one of those on the schedule because that will always be synonymous with Virginia Tech. We mentioned it earlier, the Virginia Cavaliers are not featured on any Thursday or Friday night games this year. Full schedules are up on the internet. We aren't going to bore you with all of the details. Full schedule goes out tomorrow. Full schedule, but the full Thursday and Friday schedule. Oh, okay. Thank you for the clarification, Trey, is up on the internet. Speaking of this, by the way. Number four. People have mentioned this before as being a, why is the ACC doing this when they could just send out an email? Uh, Because there are different talking points that people can have with the ACC. Also, they have a network that needs to fill content. That is correct. And yes, you have college basketball games that you'll be filling it with on Wednesday, excuse me, Tuesday and Wednesday evening, like you would for much of the ACC. Uh, I mean, in a perfect world, again, you do this type of stuff in the spring and you drag it out and maybe we'll get to that point, especially when players are paid more regularly like they will eventually be. But I have no problem with this. I think it's creative. It's a different way to go about releasing the schedule. I get it. Yes, you could do things by elongating the process or shortening the process and sending it by email, but you're trying to get as much creativity and fun into what is otherwise a very boring situation, especially for a conference that hasn't always had that much pizzazz. Number three. College basketball, men's outlook. No women's games until Thursday. That's why we're doing men right now. But ACC outlook. North Carolina last night, they trailed by one at the half. But when they want to put their foot down, they're doing it offensively with R.J. Davis. 36 points for North Carolina. And rinse, wash, repeat. Not only are they able to be explosive enough to go on a run, but this team, which is a top five team right now, I think they're a legitimate Final Four contender. It's the fact that you've got R.J. Davis leading the way offensively, but there's enough everywhere else. Armando Baycott has been content to take fewer shots and to score less than he has in prior years and be a menace defensively, particularly around the rim, making Wake Forest earn their buckets around the basket. But Elliott Cadeau, Cormac Ryan, Harrison Ingram, look, this is a Carolina team now. They've got a lot in terms of diversity. I, I, I do wonder about the lack of bench depth 
for Carolina and if that will be something that rears its head down the road. But right now, we mentioned it before, and it just bears repeating because Carolina showed it last night. This is the most complete team in the ACC. And they, and I'll put Duke in this category because when Duke gets fully healthy, I think they've got the lineup, the experience, and the NBA talent to also make a run deep in March. But the ACC, I would say they've got two viable teams to make deep tournament runs, not to mention anybody that might might lurk as a dark horse if the matchups go their way. Speaking of the Duke Blue Devils. Number two. The Duke Blue Devils. They are one of four games in the ACC this evening. Duke at Louisville. 14-point favorite for Duke. I know that's a big number. And yes, it's a road game in the ACC, but I'd lay it with Duke. The reason why is they're coming off a loss. They didn't look great this past week. Now they've got a trip to Louisville in a bounce-back spot. And this is not a Louisville team that has drawn particularly well for home games, particularly against marquee opponents as we saw a few weeks ago when Kentucky went in there and there was as much, if not more, blue of Kentucky than there was red of Louisville. Watch out for that to be a potential situation this evening. Also at 7 o'clock tonight, Florida State at Syracuse. Interesting matchup for two teams that want to make a tournament case. They're both on the outside looking in. Syracuse mildly so. Florida State more. But the Knowles have played better basketball of late, which is why I'm not surprised that the line right now is Syracuse just three and a half. Meanwhile, Pitt, they are at Georgia Tech. Back-to-back road games. Georgia Tech, they've been pesky and they're getting two and a half at home. I think Georgia Tech's got a very real chance to cover and if not that, just win this game outright against Pitt, given the spot. Teams off of those emotional victories against teams like Duke or Carolina, especially when they're good and they both are this year, are often a fade in the next game. And Virginia Tech, they host Boston College, 8.30 air time, 9 o'clock tip. CBS Sports Radio, Lynchburg app, but we mentioned it earlier. The line started off at six and a half. It's actually come down to just five for Virginia Tech. I understand that, but I do believe Virginia Tech, the, me- the mistakes are easy to clean up, and it's a desperate enough situation. I might fall for it, but I will go with Virginia Tech to cover and get the win in the game this evening. And number one on the Fast Five at five-ish. The Liberty Flames picking up a commitment from Temple defensive back Dominic Hill. Entered the transfer portal, spent two years at Temple. Here's the assessment for whatever this is worth. He was a top 1,000 prospect in the 2020 high school recruiting class. Take that with a grain of salt because that was a year where it was more challenging to really get a review on players coming in for their freshman year. And he went to South Carolina again after signing in 2020. He then encountered COVID and only played a year at South Carolina with minimal time before transferring to Temple. But the fact that he started out as a wide receiver and went to defensive back, it lends me to believe there is something there in terms of talent for Liberty. And it makes sense that they're going in the direction of putting him at defensive back, much like Temple did. If you're Liberty, this is a real good upgrade opportunity. You know, by the way, if you're a transfer defensive back coming to Liberty, yes, they lost two of them in the transfer portal this past offseason. But for Liberty, the way their offense is structured and the fact that they can control the game and move the ball and score offensively, in a lot of cases, that puts pressure on other teams to score, making it such that they're more likely to be in passing situations. And if you're a viable defensive back, you need to show what you're capable of. There will be opportunities to do that, as we saw with Liberty's defensive backs this past year. And there is your Fast Five at 5 When we return in the fast lane, speaking of football, but high school football, the Brookville Bees running it back with a coaching change. 
That and more with Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com as he steps into the fast lane coming up on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.